for the adults. <clears throat> All right, if you have that, say praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, we come to the seventh trumpet. Revelation chapter 8 and 9, we covered last week, we covered six trumpets, and now the seventh trumpet. Revelation 10, 1, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, his feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth and when he had cried seven thunders uttered their voices and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sin upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there be should be time no longer but it are no longer delay no more delay in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said go, go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Chapter 11, verse 14. The second woe is past. That would be the sixth trumpets. Behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come. Because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry and thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets and to the saints. And them that fear thy name small and great. 
and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today, your awesome spirit. We pray, O oh God, that your will would be done in this service today. Help us to understand the seventh trumpet, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the great shofar, the great trumpet, known as the last trumpet in the word of the Lord is what we're covering today. This event, the sounding of the seventh trumpet, the sounding of the great shofar, the long blast of the trumpet fulfills the feast of trumpets in the Bible. This event is equal to creation of the heavens and the earth. It is equal to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in its significance. It is the second coming of Jesus Christ back to the earth. Announced by the seventh trumpet or the great trumpet. There is in this trumpet some great, great events that will take place. And let's talk about them today because they are highly, highly significant. Go to Matthew 24, please. When you talk about the great trumpet, you're talking about the shofar. Like this. The shofar is bent for a reason. Because it speaks of man's need to submit to God. Represents the voice of the Lord. The prophetic voice of the Lord. Announces His coming. Announces the day of His wrath. The day of the Lord. The rapture of the church. And many other events. That's why it's so significant. Let's talk about it. Matthew 24, the Bible says in verse 29, if you have that, say praise the Lord. This is what Jesus said. He said in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light after the tribulation of those days. The stars shall fall from heaven. The powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn they shall, when they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He shall send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet. There it is. The great shofar. Or the great trumpet. It is the seventh trumpet in the book of Revelation. When he sends his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, they shall gather together his elect. Episanago, gather together. They shall gather together upwardly. That is the rapture of the church. So in this passage, we see that after the, we have the timing here, after the tribulation of those days, the Bible tells us that we have the coming of the Lord, coming in clouds in verse 30, the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
The timing is after the tribulation period. We see his coming. Then he sends his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. That great trumpet, the great shofar is sounded. And when that happens, the Bible says that's when he gathers his elect. That's the rapture. It is post-tribulational according to the word of God. That's when the gathering takes place. From the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Right? Jesus talked about that great trumpet in Matthew 24. The prophet Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 27. And this prophet talked about the great trumpet in Isaiah 27. We'll start with 26. Chapter 26. Amen. Verse 19, thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Associated with the trumpet is the resurrection of the dead. We'll talk about that also. Awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the, de the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. In that day... Sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. Or let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me. And he shall make peace with me. He shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruits. Hath he smitten him as he smote those that smote him? Or is he slain according to the slaughter of them that are slain by him? In measure, when it shooteth forth, thou wilt debate with it. He stayeth his rough wind in the day of the east wind. By this therefore shall the iniquity of Jacob be purged. And this is all the fruit to take away his sin. When he maketh all the stones of the altar as chalk stones that are beaten in sunder, the groves and images shall not stand up. Yet the defense city shall be desolate, and the habitation forsaken and left. Like a wilderness there shall the calf feed, and there shall he lie down and consume the branches. When the bows thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire, for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore he that made them will not have mercy on them, and he that formed them will show them no favor. And it shall come to pass in that day, the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt, and ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown. They shall come which are ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt shall worship the Lord in the holy mount of Jerusalem. 
Okay, so the prophet Isaiah talks about the great trumpet there. In Isaiah 27, the Lord talked about the great trumpets in Matthew 24. Now let's look at Paul's writings. 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> Beginning with verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when? At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have, shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable always, abounding in the work of the Lord, or as you, as you know, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Okay, so now we see here that at the time that the last trumpet sounds is when the church is glorified. Amen? Go to 1 Thessalonians 4. Paul talking about the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians 4. Again, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the last trumpet, that's when the event takes place. Okay? The resurrection. First Thessalonians 4 verse 13. Paul says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus shall God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, the parousia, coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. So in connection with the sound of the trump of God, we have again, the resurrection of the dead and the coming of the Lord. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in, in the clouds. There's that episonago, Matthew 24, Jesus talked about. Being caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, you with me here? Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus, by our, are you with me? The coming of our Lord Jesus, the parousia again, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. Matthew 24 told us it was after the tribulation. In connection with the last trumpet sounding, or the great trumpets. Verse 2, all right, talks about our gathering together unto Him, His coming, 
that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand or the day of the Lord is at hand is probably a better translation verse 3 let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition okay with me here all right verse 8 and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming okay so when we talk about this seventh trumpet here we're talking about major major events that are taking place we are talking about the coming of the Lord the second coming of the Lord the literal return of the Lord Jesus Christ Matthew 24 says it's after the tribulation of those days it's when the seventh trumpet is sounded 1 Corinthians 15 calls it the last trumpet and in Revelation it is the seventh trumpet or the great trumpet all right now so we have the coming of the Lord the gathering of the the elect that is taking place with this trumpet sounding okay it is post-tribulational there's a resurrection that is involved when that trumpet sounds and it is the time when God judges the wicked and the timing is when post-tribulational it's at the same time he comes back and catches the church out 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 says that's when he judges or burns up the Antichrist so they're not the event is the same the rapture him coming to rapture us him coming to destroy the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation it's the same event his coming for us is not pre-tribulational then seven years later he comes and destroys Antichrist they happen at the same time okay looking at Revelation 10 let's look at it the Bible says and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven this could be one of two things this could be the Lord himself the Bible says here though it's another mighty angel <clears throat> could be an, a mighty angel that have the characteristics of the Lord I'm not sure it might even be Michael okay but let's just look at it from the perspective that possibly possibly that this is the Lord because we know that when the seventh trumpet sounds that the Lord descends from heaven amen praise God and so when we see Revelation 10 we see if you will look please at verse 7 but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel that's this seventh trumpet angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished say the mystery of God should be finished ah remember Paul talked about it in 1st Corinthians 15 behold I show you a mystery amen we shall not all sleep we shall all be changed okay and let me read it to you but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished that is, the, that is the rapture of the church, the catching of the church out, resurrection of the dead, and then the catching of the church out. But also the connection is the salvation of the nation of Israel. That's a great mystery, how that God is going to save Israel. Okay? He goes on, he says this, it says, The mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared 
as he hath declared his, to his servants the prophets. In its connection with this seventh trumpet, he showed it to his prophets. In Isaiah 27, we saw the same thing. Isaiah was showed by God, the great trumpet. And the events that were showed, uh, association with the great trumpet, Paul calls it the last trumpet. Okay? Alright, so you understand that the trumpet is one and the same. The last trumpet and the seventh trumpet are one and the same. It's something that was showed to the prophets, the Bible says. It's when the mystery of God is going to be finished. And it's something that was showed to the prophets in verse 8. Now, the Bible, now notice this. Okay, I'm not going to verse 8. But we have this mighty angel come down from heaven at that time. It's, he's heralding the sounding of the seventh trumpets. So it could very well be that this is actually this, the descending of the Lord to the earth. This mighty angel is standing. He's got one foot on the earth. He's got one foot on the sea. He lifts his hand to heaven and he swears by God. He roars as a mighty lion. He is heralding the sounding of the seventh trumpet. Zechariah tells us that the Lord is going to sound the trumpet when he comes back. Or the great trumpet, I should say. Now, and notice this angel's got a little scroll in his hand. And the scroll is opened. Alright? Revelation 5 says that the Lord Jesus is the only one that can open the scroll or loose the seals thereof. So this mighty angel that's got one foot on the sea, one foot on the earth, his hand raised to heaven crying with a loud voice as when a, when a lion roars with that little scroll open in his hands the Bible says he's got a rainbow for a hat he's got a rainbow hat well that takes you back to Revelation chapter 4 where you, where you see a rainbow round about the throne and there's one sitting on the throne and it's the Lord Jesus Christ so the rainbow again connects you to the Lord Jesus Christ Bible says he's clothed with the cloud Matthew 24 says when he comes back he's coming back with clouds in clouds amen first and then with clouds at the end so this mighty angel again is clothed with the cloud all right praise the Lord some other characteristics of this mighty angel the Bible says his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire we know that when the Lord comes back, that He's going to come as the Son of Righteousness with healing in His rays. So this angel, is, his face looks like the sun shining in its strength. It says His feet are like pillars of fire. Amen. Take you back to Revelation chapter 1 when you saw the Lord Jesus Christ. It, his feet looked like uh, brass as though it burned in a furnace. Okay. So it's very possible that this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself heralding the uh, sounding of the seventh trumpet and he has now come back to the earth and he's standing on the earth and at that time the Bible it tells us that's when he's going to begin to reign and he is going to uh, hear the word say that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and so the trumpet is announcing his second coming it's announcing the gathering of the elect the rapture of the church it's announcing his kingdom reign upon the earth Do you understand what we're trying to say here and now we see him saying or standing there on the earth okay now 
Let's go on and look at some other things here in connection with this angel. It says, he cries, verse 3, with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now, I'm not going to get into the seven thunders this morning, but when he cries, these seven thunders uttered their voices, and this, when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things with the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Okay. Now, let me explain to you, if I can kind of gather myself here and try to, you know, determine exactly where we're going to go here, all right, with all of this, because there's so many events that are happening here. I, I pray that you, you're with me up to this point. When you look at these six trumpets that preceded the seventh trumpet in Revelation chapter 8 and 9, they are the, basically covering the last year of the tribulation period. When this seventh trumpet sounds, it is post-tribulational according to Matthew 24, 29 through 31. Jesus said that trumpet, that great trumpet sounds after the tribulation. So when this seventh trumpet sounds then, you are now at the end of the tribulation period. Okay, are you with me up to this point? Alright, the Lord I believe standing here on the earth and on the sea. Now, the scripture says this, okay. Verse 6, He swear by him that liveth forever. Verse 5, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea, upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever. That's another interesting thing. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that God, because he could swear by no one else, no greater than himself, he swore by himself. Okay? So it... To me, we have God here in human form swearing. Okay? Uh, you with me? Let me get, give you the verse again. He swear by him that liveth forever and ever. God, who created, in he created heaven, the things that are therein, the earth, the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer or no more delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound... The mystery of God should be finished. Say finished. Again, 1 Corinthians 15 links you to what this mystery is. It's when the church is translated. Resurrection takes place. And then the people who are alive remain get a glorified body. Okay. Romans 11 talks about a mystery of Israel being saved. So what you have here is... The Lord is going to save Israel at the end of the tribulation period. He's going to rapture the church out at this point. These are mysteries. The spiritual kingdom of God is going to be finished. And it's going to go move into the physical kingdom of God. The earthly reign of the Lord. So that this trumpet is also announcing that he's about to reign upon the earth. In the thousand year kingdom age. All right. Now, let's keep reading a little bit. The Bible says, when he shall begin to sound. It says, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared it to his servants, the prophets. This was something that was already revealed in the past. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take up the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went up unto the angel and said unto him give me the little book now remember this is post-tribulational all of these events right here are at the end of the tribulation period or thereafter 
You need to keep that in mind. Because the scroll that's in the hand of the angel, it is, it is either the same scroll of Revelation chapter 5 that was unsealed when the seals were opened up. Or it's a totally different scroll altogether that is showing you the events that will happen after the tribulation period. I seem to, I believe personally that it's the same scroll of Revelation 5 that Jesus opened up. Those seven seals, okay? Because the seventh seal has the seven trumpets in it. And then the seventh, the seventh trumpet that we're talking about that announces his coming, the rapture of the church, the destruction of the Antichrist that announces his kingdom being established upon the earth, amen, also brings in the seven bowls of wrath when it sounds. So I believe that this scroll is the same scroll, but now it's opened because the seals have been loosed. And now, because the seals have been loosed, what was in that scroll is now revealed. And what is in that scroll is the setting up of the kingdom of God. Amen. The bowls of wrath. And the battle of Armageddon, etc. Things that happen post-tribulational. Are you with me up to this point? Now, the Bible tells us about that little, little book. He says that the angel tells John to eat the book. And that he must prophesy again. Amen? When he eats the book, the Bible says, it makes his belly bitter, but to his mouth, verse 9, it's sweet as honey. Now, what makes it sweet is that we have the redemption of the people of God the salvation of Israel the setting up of God's earthly kingdom which we've been praying for and has been prayed for for years thy kingdom come that's what makes it sweet because his kingdom is about to be set up what makes it bitter is the bowls of wrath that are going to be poured out upon the wicked that's what makes the book bitter all right so, depending on who you are and your condition with God is going to determine whether or not it's bitter or sweet for you. If you're right with the Lord, okay, at the sound of the seventh trumpet, it's an exciting time. It's a time of redemption. It's a time of salvation. It's the year of the redeemed of the Lord. It's the year of recompense. Okay, you with me here? But if you're not right with God, then it's the fiery judgment and wrath and day of the Lord uh, type manifestation upon the wicked. And that's going to be very, very bitter. Okay, are you all with me here? Because when this seventh trumpet sounds associated with the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, and the announcing of His kingdom, you've got these bowls of wrath that are going to be poured out on the earth, followed by in succession the battle of Armageddon when He come, comes and judges the nations. In his wrath. Okay. And that's what makes the book so bitter. And it's post-tribulational. Now go with me. Hallelujah. I'm starting to feel my way in this. In Daniel chapter 12. We're going to show you this post-tribulational time frame. Daniel chapter 12. God gives us something very interesting to look at. <clears throat> And we'll flow in into uh, 
something in just a moment about the two witnesses in connection to the sounding of this trumpet. Because they give you a time frame, the, the prophecy of the two witnesses for 1260 days. Daniel 11, or Daniel 12, let's go there. I'm trying to make this simple enough that we can all understand it. So God help me this morning to, uh, to bring this to you. Okay, <clears throat> alright, are you all with me here at this point? Daniel 12. Verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on the side of the bank of the river, the other on the side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half, and when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now, time, times, and a half time, that's three and a half years or 1260 days. And look at this. It's in connection with the one who has his hands lifted to heaven, Armageddon, with the destruction. Are you here? Hmm, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. The armies in the battle of Armageddon. That could be in that 30 day time frame. Are you with me here up to this point? Now watch what he does. Then he even goes further than that. Now what you have to understand is the complexity of what is going on with the sounding of this trumpet. And I, I'm going to do my best to get it across to you. When the Lord, when he sounds that seventh, that trumpet is sounding, he comes back. There is movement that's taking place. There is a 30-day period beyond the end of the tribulation period that things are happening. Bowls of wrath, etc., etc. But also, the movement of God, the movement of the Lord when He comes back is a challenge for me, is complex for me. Because... It's not like he just comes back out of the clouds and just stands there and that's it. There has, there's movement in this passage here. There's a 30-day period. And let me read a little bit further so I can get to the next one. It's a 45-day period. Verse 13. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Okay. Whoops, that's wrong. I flipped somehow. I got my page flipped. Okay, go to chapter 12, please. Are you with me here? We've, we found out about a 1260-day period, which brings a finishing in verse 7. Then we found out in verse 11, we found out a 1290-day period, which is 30 days more. From the time the abomination of desolate is, desolate is set up, and okay, we have 30 days added to it. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the 1300 and five and thirty days. So now we got another forty-five days added to that. So you got seventy-five days added to the twelve hundred sixty-day period, which brings you to the end of the tribulation period. Then you got seventy-five more days, thirty thirty days. We have the bowls of wrath and other events. 
I believe the battle of Armageddon at the end of that 30-day period of time. And then another 45 days where you have the restoration of Zion, the restoration of the nation of Israel. There's a lot of things that are going on, all right? And then following the sev- that 75-day period, or the 30 plus the 45, then you have the setting up of the kingdom of God. Now, I, that, let me just give you bits and pieces. We got the whole book of Revelation to finish here to bring in the details. We'll try to give you a skeleton here and flesh it out as we go. Okay? You understand? So in that 30-day period beyond the tribulation period, there is a pouring out of the bowls of wrath. There is a reclaiming that has taken place. I like uh, the way that Van Kempen, I believe is his name, he wrote a book called The Sign. The way that he terms this 30-day period, he calls it a reclaiming period. We have bowls of wrath poured out, etc. The day of the Lord. There is a reclaiming. There is the salvation, uh, ultimately, of Israel, the rapture of the church. But, and then he talks about the 45-day period. After that, he calls it a restoration period. And then he points out, he believes that after that uh, 45-day period, then you have the setting up of the kingdom of God. The book is called The Sign. You might want to get the book. You might want to study it. It's, it's very good as far as chronology goes. I will tell you, though, that you need Tim Cohen's book or, or volumes of book that is not yet available. It's not yet available. It's called Messiah, uh, History, and the Tribulation Period. Okay? It's not yet available. It will be in sometime in the future. We were, we we're going to have him come and speak in the future, possibly this year. If it's the will of the Lord, we'll see. But I'm telling you that if you get Van Kampen's book on the sign, then you also need Tim Cohen's volumes on Messiah history and the tribulation period because Van Kampen believes that the day of the Lord, the time of his wrath and the rapture of the church takes place at the first trumpet, not the last trumpet, okay, which is clearly in error. What I'm telling you, if you're going to use these materials, you're going to have to use them together. To get an accurate time frame of events. Okay. Those two though are very important. Now. Having said that. I'm trying to show you events here. In connection with the coming of the Lord. The sounding of the trumpet. The rapture of the church. Okay. The sound of the seventh trumpet brings in the bowls of wrath. But that's all post-tribulational. And it's in that 30 day period. It's a reclaiming period. And then 45 days later. Or you have restoring times. Restoration of Mount Zion and, and uh, re- restoring of Israel to their land. The judgment of Israel and the restoring of Israel to their land. And a lot of things that are going on in that restoring time. The, the judgment of nations, Matthew 25, when the, the sheep, sheep and the goats are brought before the Lord to determine who goes into the kingdom of God, right? At the last of that 45-day period, okay? And then the setting up of the earthly kingdom. Here's the challenge, though, for me, to be honest with you. Is when the Lord comes back, Isaiah 63, go to Isaiah 63. Isaiah 63, it talks about the way the Lord moves, His movement. It's not as if He just Blows the horn, sounds, and I'm talking about symbolism here, sounds the trumpet, the great trumpet. And comes back and stands here and, you know, that's it. 
The Bible teaches movement when he comes back. More than one battle than just the battle of Armageddon. That's the, the challenge for me. <clears throat> A lot of battles associated with his coming. Let me just throw this out to you. Hopefully we can flesh it out. I don't know. I may not be qualified, but I'm going to try. That in the middle of the tribulation, you have the Jerusalem campaign when the armies of the Antichrist, possibly the armies of Babylon, go against Jerusalem in the midpoint. Just before the day of the Lord comes at the end of the tribulation period, Joel chapter 3 talks about, and Zechariah chapter 12 talks about, another war that takes place in the valley of Jehoshaphat. But it is prior to the day of the Lord. It is in connection with the, the seven-year tri seven tribulation period. At the end of the seven-year tribulation period, prior to the day of the Lord, which is post-tribulation, or the day of the Lord is post-tribulation. But the war of Jehoshaphat takes place, okay? And evidently, according to the Word of God, you have the armies that are around Israel attacking Israel at that time, and the, the uh, uh, people of Judah rising up and fighting and rebelling against these armies that are coming against them. It's called, they are brought into the valley of Jehoshaphat prior to the day of the Lord. Then you've got another battle called the battle of Armageddon, which is after the tribulation period, and it's in connection with the day of the Lord. So the, the Jehoshaphat war and the battle of Armageddon war are not the same. The battle of Armageddon war is when the kings of the east and all the nations of the world go up against Israel to fight them. The Jehoshaphat war, though, is prior to the day of the Lord and it's when the local nations are coming against Israel and Judah's fighting against them now when the Lord comes back okay at his actual second coming there is movement that's going on here alright Isaiah 63 what I'm trying to show you is that he's not when we read about in Revelation chapter 10 standing there it, it gives me the understanding, it seems, that he is there already in Jerusalem. He, he, like he just descended from heaven, and he's standing on the Mount of Olives there in Jerusalem. Or some other mountain, possibly Mount Zion. <clears throat> but Isaiah 63 tells me that when he comes, he starts in Basra, or Edom, modern-day Jordan. Possibly where the... Uh, Jewish people have run, Jewish believers have run to a place of shelter called Petra. And they are in hiding there. And in uh, Revelation 12, we see the woman in the wilderness. And in Isaiah 63, we see the Lord coming back. And he starts in Edom or Basra. Probably gathers those people that are in the wilderness there. The woman that's in the wilderness and takes with him. Hallelujah. And the whole time he's pouring out his wrath and his judgment as he's moving. He's gathering up his elect and he's making his way to Jerusalem. See, I hope you understand what I'm trying to get across to you here. See, I think that sometimes we have this concept that when he comes, he blows the trumpet and boom, he comes straight down to Jerusalem. But that's not what the Bible says. So there has to be time for him to be moving from Basra or Edom uh, all the way to Jerusalem. And that's where that 30-day period of time comes in. Okay? Now, now, listen very carefully. This is, this is very important for us. All right. Isaiah 63, verse 1. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Modern-day Jordan. With, with dyed garments from Basra. 
this that is glorious in his apparel he's got a glorious apparel on uh, or he appears as one who has glorious apparel I, you know i say he's got glorious apparel on i mean anyway he's glorified and he's traveling in the greatness of his strength he's traveling but where is he seen coming from not jerusalem but from the wilderness from basra from edom from jordan He's traveling the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Who is that? That's the Savior. And the question is asked, wherefore art thou red? Why are you red in thine apparel? And thy garments like him that treadeth the wine fat. Are you with me? Like somebody that's been in the wine press of the wrath of God Almighty. He said, I have trodden the wine press alone. And of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments. I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is mine is in my heart. And the year of my redeemed is come. So we see him coming back there in Basra or Eden. He's moving and he's moving in wrath. And I believe at that time that's when he gathers. Hallelujah. He's gathering, I believe, the 144,000. He's gathering those Jews, those believers that have fled out of Jerusalem over into the wilderness, over into Petra. Amen. He's gathering them up. He's bringing them. Isaiah 27 talks about even Jews uh, that were in Egypt and Assyria. I read it to you in Isaiah 27. That he's even going to gather them up and take them. So there's movement. There's battles that are taking place. That are not even in connection. And I say not in connection. But they're not the battle of Armageddon. They're before he even gets there. Do you understand? Okay. Let's go over here to Isaiah then again. I know you're confused, but that's prophecy for you. Now, chapter 11, the Bible tells us, and I'm not going to read all of this right now. It talks about these two witnesses. <clears throat> Verse 3, chapter 11, verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days. There's that 1260 day period again. God says they're going to have power to preach for the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Remember that? Back in Daniel chapter 12, that 1260 day period. All right. What happens at the end of that 1260 day period? Well, we have the coming of the Lord, the sounding of the trumpets. Okay. Glorification of the people of God. But, it's, but we see the Lord coming from Basra, moving towards Jerusalem in Isaiah 63. Oh, interesting. I'm telling you, it's, there's got to be some time for this to be happening. His second coming at the end of the tribulation period, or at the end of that 1260 days, then him moving from Basra and eventually getting to Jerusalem and fighting the battle of Armageddon. It's going to take some time for those events to take place. This is where Van Kappen fills in or fleshes out what 
I haven't found in Tim Cohen's writing yet. When I, when I read Tim's writings, Tim Cohen, when he interprets these events, it seems like they're just all bunched together. Now, I'm just, I'm presuming. I, I'm sure that the guy knows these things, okay? But I haven't found them yet. But it seems like he's bunched them all together, in my mind at least. Because I haven't found anything where he talks about the 30 and the 45 day period of time. What is going on with that? But Van Kampen fleshes this out some for us. At least in his writing and his understanding. He put 9,000 hours worth of study in writing his prophetic book. Okay? Now, and as a pastor, I got a lot of things that, you know, I'm responsible for. All kinds of So, if I, had, if I had the time they had, I could do a better job than I do. But... These guys spent, this guy spent $9,000, $9,000 hours writing his book on prophecy. Okay? <clears throat> Tim, in his writing, seems to think that, Tim Cohen, his writing, Messiah, History in the Tribulation Period, seems to think that when the Lord comes back, the church is glorified, but we're there upon the earth and we're, we are actually seeing the bowls of wrath being poured out, but we're actually not caught up until at the, at the, after the bowls of wrath are poured out. We're protected, okay, by a glorified body, but not cut out, caught out yet. I asked him, I said, well, when does the judgment seat of Christ take place? When do you get a reward? Are you with me here? I'm going to show you something that's very interesting. Well, he started telling me, well, that could be way off into the future. That could be in eternal things when that reward takes place. But see, for me, I've got, to, I've got to see more clearly the time frame of that. Maybe I can help us see that today, all right? The movement here, all right? The movement here. And I'm trying to show you that it's not all bunched up right there, that there has to be movement here. There has to be God moving from Basra and not even getting to Jerusalem yet and gathering, you know, certain peoples up as He goes. Uh, there are campaigns, midpoint, tribute, uh, Jerusalem campaign of battle. And there's Jehoshaphat prior to the day of the Lord. And the battle of Armageddon is after the day of the Lord. And so that 30-day, 45-day period is very important, I believe. When you have a lot of things going on, a lot more wars are going on than just the battle of Armageddon. Okay? These two witnesses are going to be able to prophesy for three and a half years. The last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Amen. That's what it clearly says in verse 3. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Okay, and it talks about what they're able to do, right? Verse 7. When they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that is sent out of the pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. When? At the end of the 1260 day period. Or they're going to prophesy for three and a half years then be killed. Which means they're going to be dead at the end of the tribulation period. Right at the end of the tribulation period. They'll be dead. And they're going to be in the streets. Their body's going to be in the streets for three and a half days. That is post-tribulational evidently. Until I get some more understanding of it. But at this point... The way I see it, if they prophesy 1260 days, that means there's going to, and they're going to be dead for three and a half years in the streets. That takes you three and a half literal days beyond the tribulation period that those two witnesses are going to be seen in the streets. Okay? So that, that puts you in the time frame of that 30-day period beyond the tribulation period. Okay, watch this. 
The Bible says in verse 8, it says they're going to lie in the street of the city, which spiritually calls Sodom and Egypt, where our, also our Lord was crucified. He calls here Jerusalem, Sodom, and, and Egypt. They have the characteristics. Yeah, heavy. Verse 9, And they of the people in the kindreds and, and the tongues and they shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. They that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Same hour, there's a great earthquake. Okay, and we're not getting into that. But at that point, the second woe is passed. Behold, third woe cometh, and the seventh angel sounded. There we go. The seventh angel sounded. Interesting. So is it that right there, you got 1,260 days, that they are, they dying for three and a half days. They're in the streets, and then the seventh trumpet sounds? Are we already at the end of the tribulation period? Seventh angel sounds, the trumpet, and then you have three and a half more days and the prophets are in the streets. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just laying this out for you. Try to figure it out. Now watch this. Seventh angel sounded. There was great voices in heaven. When the seventh angel sounded, there's great voices in heaven. The kingdom. Now watch what happens. The announcement of the kingdom. But just because the, the Lord has come at the sounding of the seventh trumpet doesn't mean at that right there at that moment the kingdom is set up you understand it says that the kingdom of this world are become are literally will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever okay and the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thy great power and hast reigned. Announcing his kingship, his kingdom. And verse 18. Now what happens when he comes? And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. So the response of the coming of the Lord by... The nations is that they're angry at his coming. We have the announcement of the kingdom, but we have the resistance of the nations. All right. It says they're angry. Because I say that and has to ring. And the nations were angry, thy wrath is come. Day of the Lord, that's where the bowls of wrath are going to be poured out. And the time of the dead that they should be judged. Watch this. That's the resurrection right there. Okay. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints. Be my seat. Reward. But how do you put it all together? How do you take all these pieces and how do you put it on a timetable, on a frame, time frame? With his movement from Basra, 
gathering the saints out of Basra, taking them, eventually going into Jerusalem. Battle of Armageddon going to be fought. Rat, bowls of wrath being poured out. Two witnesses caught up. 144,000 seen with the Lord. Revelation 14, standing on Mount Zion with the Lord. When did he gather them? You understand what I'm trying to show you here? Rapture, resurrection, and rapture of the church. Catch away of the church. Then when do they get rewarded? I'm trying to tell you, I don't know every, I don't understand everything about the movement of this time. Because, is it that the Lord comes back, He starts moving from Basra, on His way to Jerusalem, gathers these various peoples up, the people that are Israel in the wilderness, the 144,000 that He's going to be uh, seen with on Mount Zion, the clans, the, the, the people of Judah who were fighting the valley of Jehoshaphat prior to the day of the Lord, join Him. Those in Egypt and Assyria join Him as He's moving towards Jerusalem. And then we got a reference here of the resistance of the nations at His coming. The announcement of His kingdom here. We have also announcement of His wrath being poured out on them. And we have the announcement of the resurrection of the dead. We have an announcement of the time of their reward. How is this all happening? How is He moving and gathering and taking all these things in and the blowing of the trumpet and the catching up of the church and the announcing of the kingdom and at the same time reward at the Bema seat. First, uh, First Corinthians uh, 5 talks about the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14 talks about the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, in, in connection with that seventh trumpet, you know, if He just goes, He just comes back, sounds the trumpet, we go to meeting, then we escort Him back then where did the judgment seat of Christ take place? And what about the Edomite, uh, the Edomite movement of God, of Jesus, as He comes back from Basra, making His way to Jerusalem? When, with time, see, with time, maybe over the next 20, 30 years, maybe I'll understand prophecy. But, and we'll be able to flesh this out and put this together a little better for you, okay? But there's a lot of questions that have to be asked and so anyway, is it that he moves and he's fighting and then he's gathering these various people up and then the church, instead of just being glorified here on the earth, watching the bowls of wrath being poured out and then caught up okay, at the time of the battle of Armageddon, could it be that the church is actually raptured out the sounding of the trumpet? Okay, Because we know the church is coming back with him in Revelation 19. Now, I don't know. I'm just laying this out for you because I got a lot of questions here. More questions than I do answers. Could it be that there's he's moving, there's the Urkamai of the Lord, he's moving, he's come back, and he's gathering these people up, and these all these events are happening. And could it be that he actually goes back into heaven? And the, the Bema seat takes place in the heavens and he rewards the saints of God right here in Revelation chapter eleven. And then he comes back and fights the battle of Armageddon with the church following behind him. It's clear that the two witnesses go up first, at least in my understanding of the Word of God. The two witnesses go up first, then the 144,000. They're called the first fruits unto God, the first fruits that are taken from the earth, okay? And then there's a general rapture that takes place of the rest 
of the saints of God. Okay? That's clear. But I'm just asking you, when in the world does he do a, have a judgment seat of Christ and reward the saints of God? According to Revelation 11, it's in connection with the sounding of that seventh trumpet and his coming. And when the nations are resisting him, are you here? And the resurrection of the dead, that's when the, the reward takes place. So I'm just, I'm just saying, when does he, does he move from Basra and he's gathered all these people up? And he's coming back, you know, to Jerusalem there. And at that same time, there's resistance taking place to the nations of, of, of his setting up of his kingdom. It's clear here that the battle of Armageddon hadn't, hadn't been fought yet. But you have the reward of the saints of God. Where does that happen? Did he just go over here in the wilderness somewhere after having come back and tread in the wine press of the press of the wrath of God Almighty there in Basra and gathers people up and then goes over there and, and sits on a throne somewhere in the wilderness and rewards us? And then brings us to Jerusalem riding on a white horse and we following behind him? I'm asking you to think about this. There's a lot of movement that's going on here, and that's why I ask you to consider the 30-day and then the 45-day period beyond the 1260 days, that there's a lot of events that are taking place in that, in connection to that. Okay, it's not all squished, squished up together and then completely just throwing out the judgment seat of Christ is not, going, not happening at all at that time. It's just some future eternal event. Now, when Tim Cohen comes here, you can ask him all these heavy questions. And I'm sure that guy, he's got it all figured out. Okay? I have never asked him a question that he did not have it completely nailed down. You know? Maybe someday. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you know. But I'm being serious here. And, and so I've just got questions. Because there's so much movement that's going on. And, and battles and everything. Uh, in connection with the coming of the Lord and you know the catching of the church out and the rewarding of the people of God and the resurrection of the dead and the bowls of wrath are in connection with the seventh trumpet and you know all those things are happening there has to be that 30 day 40 then 45 day period beyond the tribulation period when all this stuff is being reclaimed and restored and uh, and rewarded and all of that going on Okay. when the bowls of wrath are poured out and that great earthquake takes place when the seventh bowl is, is, is poured out when we get there we'll talk about it Jerusalem's going to be devastated the mountains are going to be leveled it's going to Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives and he splits it right down the middle and people are going to flee into that valley for protection Okay, that has to be in connection with that 30-day period. But after all that devastation and calamity and judgment and wrath and all oh, major cataclysmic events upon the earth where the mountains are going to disappear. Even Jerusalem's going to disappear. The mountains of Jerusalem are going to be devastated topography. The topography is going to be leveled. There has to be a time when God, Isaiah 2 talks about uh, there's going to be Mount Zion's going to be high high the, the prophets talk about the raising of Mount Zion in Isaiah 66 it talks about Gentiles that survived the battle of Armageddon 
are going to be able to go on to that raised, elevated mountain called Mount Zion and be able to look out and they're going to see the dead corpses of all the people who were slain in the battle of Armageddon to the north and then to the south they're going to look over there and see Edom burning being judged by God see what I'm saying so there has to be a time of reclaiming things and then restoring things raising mountains and and restoring Israel to their land and judging them and and determining who's going to go in the kingdom at the 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 throne of his glory in Matthew 25 the judgment of living nations when the sheep go into the kingdom I'm just telling you the only way that I let me just bring this all down to what I'm trying to get you to understand in my understanding of these things <clears throat> that 75 day period of time has many events taking place in it I can tell you when the seventh trumpet sounds that brings you to the end of the great tribulation period I can tell you when the seventh trumpet sounds the great trumpet the last trumpet when it sounds that's when the first resurrection takes place I can tell you at that time or in connection with that coming of the Lord and that sound of that trumpet there is the destruction of the Antichrist but where do you fit the movement from Basra on up into Jerusalem unless you go beyond that time of the seventh trumpet sounding and you have 30 days where the Lord is reclaiming certain things and the bowls of wrath being poured out because those bowls of wrath are over a period of days possibly 24 days okay bring you to the end of the 30 days battle of Armageddon is fought 45 days start God's restoring God's judging the nations determine who's going to go in the kingdom of age raising up Mount Zion restoring Israel to the land surviving Gentiles being taken up to Mount Zion okay so these are, this is the skeleton of what we're looking at alright now I know you're more confused than you were before but that's prophecy I said that's prophecy I don't have all the answers you'd have to be God I think to, to be able to stand up and you know of course Van Campen he's pretty close and Tim Cohen he's pretty close <laughs> hallelujah but I'm just telling you friend there's a lot going on with, in connection with this seventh trumpet I will tell you though categorically that the rapture does not happen before the tribulation period starts it is post-tribulational that's when we're caught out alright okay let's go back over here and let's see if we can look at the outline then <coughs> in verse 7 of chapter 10 we see the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished the mystery of the saints being glorified the mystery of the salvation of Israel as he had declared it to his servants the prophets okay and then in chapter 11 we see the angel sounding verse 15 the seventh angel sounded there was great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ who are these voices <laughs> well they are deliverers 
they are deliverers and that's what the minor prophets call them deliverers and I believe that 144,000 are deliverers so they're saying the kings of this world are become the kings of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever and the four and twenty elders okay sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God saying we give thee thanks O Lord God Almighty which art was and art to thee thou hast taken to thee by thy great power and hast reigned right and go to Revelation 20 Verse 1, I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit, a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent which the devil, Satan, bound him a thousand years. So we're going to have to have Satan bound at some point before the thousand year kingdom age. Cast him into a bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. I saw thrones. And they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Had to be resurrected. They're sitting on thrones. Had to be rewarded. Sitting on thrones. They're going to reign with him a thousand years. That's the kingdom age. But the rest of the dead live not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. First resurrection is in connection with the seventh trumpet. Amen. You got thrones set up. You got, hallelujah. Are y'all seeing what I'm seeing here? Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such second death hath no power but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years a thousand years are expired Satan shall be loosed out of his prison but at, the, at the end of the kingdom age that seventh millennium you've still got some more things that are happening and no doubt another resurrection taking place and that's probably when Old Testament saints like Job are resurrected okay so anyway when y'all get it all figured out and you get it all on your little chart you, you come in and come and say here pastor here it is see I know what you were hoping that you were hoping I would just have I would just just nail it down for you today and you know bring my chart and put it all out there for you you know and just give it to you and say here it is uh, but I've given you some skeleton to think about I think and give you more questions than probably answers but there's a lot going on uh, in connection with the seventh trumpet and I'm excited about the seventh trumpet because in really as far as events in history go biblical events it is in the same degree or level of importance as the creation of the world as the first coming of the Lord death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ the sounding of the seventh trumpet and the events that follow that that 75 day period and then the kingdom age being set up those events right there are equal to if not greater than all the rest of the events it is amazing it is amazing hallelujah and the challenge is 
for me is really at this point for, for many of us I should be going over there and I should be saying here's the tribulation period it's seven years long I should be saying uh, this is called Daniel's 70th week I should be saying very basic things I should be laying basic things out to you but we're getting into to one of the most important events that the prophets talked about And, and I'm talking about the prophets. I'm talking about major and minor prophets talking about this event. And it, it just addressed, really to me, briefly in Revelation 10 and 11. So brief. You try to flesh that out with the rest of the prophets. You try to take everything they said as far as events in the last days. And try to fit them into a time frame. That's the challenge. And that's why I'm telling you, it's not only just a great shofar at the end of the great tribulation it's a great great complexity and it's a great mystery that shall be finished and so hallelujah I'm going to tell you this one thing if the, if the tribulation period begins tomorrow okay then you got seven years to watch it all come about you got seven years to take your little Bible and say there it is Amen. It's going to be a lot easier when the people are in it to see it than it is for us because we're trying to interpret future events and put them on a timeline and a time frame and uh, it's a challenge. Hallelujah. But when the seven year tribulation period begins and you get in the middle point you'll know exactly what to look for. <clears throat> when you get at the end of it you'll know exactly what to look for. And when that seventh trumpet sounds, if you're not caught out immediately, if you're still here and you see the bowls of wrath, and you're protected just because you've got an incorruptible body, I'm just asking you, when do you get your reward? <clears throat> and you sit there and say, okay, yeah, there it is. That's what that preacher was trying to understand and could not understand, and I'm trying. Y'all pray for me. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Father God, I just thank you right now for your goodness, mercy, and grace. You're awesome, Lord. We look forward to the day, Lord, when you return. The trumpet is sounded, the great shofar. The awakening blast. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. We look forward to it. I think the Lord just helped me with something. Do you know when that trumpet sounds, that great trumpet? Do you know why it's called a great trumpet? Here, thank you, Lord. I think God gave me a key. you know why it's called a great trumpet? It's because Joshua 6 calls it, at that time, a long blast. Exodus 19, it's a long sound of a trumpet. When this trumpet sounds, it covers a period of days. That's the key that unlocks it. Right there. It's not like he whoo, blows the trumpet. It's, it takes days for that trumpet to sound. It's a long blast of a trumpet. And that's why so many events can be taking place. Because it's not a one day trumpet. It's many day trumpet. That's the key that unlocks it right there. Alright. You got it. Lord bless you. I'll see you tonight. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.